If you'd turn now to Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to pick up a couple more verses today. I hope maybe uh, two, if we're fortunate with our time. And so as we continue our study now, two weeks ago we studied our adversary. We know that the devil is real, that he has resources, that he has capacities, that he is in essence the head uh, of a godless trinity, that he in fact is the one that can stimulate our flesh. He's the one that governs this world, and it's under his leadership uh, that spiritual war uh, occurs on this planet. It happens in your lives. We also saw last time that as we now fight that battle, that there is a legitimate plan to come against you. This is not some willy-nilly, you know, kind of, you know, maybe happens, maybe doesn't. Satan actually has a strategy. He uses methodea. He, he has his wiles, and he is absolutely crafty in implementing his plans. And so now in light of that, we turn our attention to the good news. Because the enemy is crafty, he is wily, he is absolutely brilliantly intelligent, Uh, He was an angel of light who fell from heaven. And so now we come to the part uh, that you should be rejoicing in as we begin this study of the defensive parts of our armor. And before we dig into the word, let's ask God to bless us. Father, we have come again to be strengthened and built up and to study, Lord, so that we might be prepared for what lies ahead. We know that the enemy seeks to devour. He he will lie. He's going to come against Lord, your people, your plans, your purposes. And so, God, we ask that you would now strengthen us to hear your word, that we might grow as we do so. We ask these things in the mighty name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Verse 13 here in Ephesians 6. And therefore, take up the whole armor of God. I want you to please underline that, because the original language here is actually very descriptive. The pieces of the armor were not ever intended to simply be used one at a time. They work in conjunction one with another. Though we will see that these defensive pieces, the girdle of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet that are shod with the gospel, all of these things, the helmet of salvation, they're useful individually to be sure But if you do not possess and are not girded up with the totality of the package, uh, you are going to have some very, very vulnerable areas in your life. And so you are to take up the whole armor of God, every piece. We're going to look at them individually for the purpose of understanding what they are and what they do. But most importantly, don't get hung up in one place because we have people, well, they're strong in the Word, but they're weak in prayer. We have people who understand that their minds are guarded by that place that we have because we're saved. We have other people whose hearts are very tenderly covered by the righteousness of God. And we have people who naturally tend towards being peaceful because they have yielded themselves to the gospel message. You need all of it. Not one piece, all of the pieces. And so as we study, take up, therefore, the whole armor of God. And again, notice the word therefore. Please look at it carefully. 
because the enemy is going to come against you, because he is crafty, because he hates you, he hates your Christian marriage, he hates your stand for Christ, he hates the fact that you might actually vote for someone based on your Christian moral principles. He hates you because Satan hates you. You, therefore, must take up the whole armor of God because you're going to get attacked. And I want to just simply remind you, if you're not experiencing some level of attack in your life, you might ask yourself the question, are you doing anything worthy of being attacked? Some people say, well, I just never go through that. And I ask them what they're doing for the Lord. And say, well, uh, I went to church last week. If you're walking with Jesus, you're going to get attacked. If your faith is on the line, you're going to get attacked. Take up the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to withstand. Notice it says withstand, the active principle of standing. Withstand, do something with standing. That's what it means. To take your stance and to do something with it. To take who you are in Christ and act on it. Knowledge really becomes fairly useless when it is simply uh, in your mind. Knowledge is meant to be used. It's a tool. People who study for long periods of time, maybe you're engaged in some uh, area of work to where, like a doctor, a lawyer, perhaps an engineer, someone who goes to school for a very long period of time, how useless would it be if you just simply went to school for 10 years and and then uh, did nothing with it? You go to school, you understand medicine so that you can help people, amen? It's the whole goal. You don't study to become a firefighter so you can sit and watch the burning buildings. It's like, wow, that's really cool. I'm quite warm right now. No, you, you, you want to be able to prevent fire and put fire out. You, you, you see, we are supposed to withstand in the evil day. And to emphasize it, it says, having done all to stand. In other words, there's something that lies on you and on me. We need to get fully covered, fully girded up, completely put on. And as you do that, you get prepared for what comes next. Now, I want you to look at it this way, and I've tried all kinds of ways of explaining it. If you know, our president drives around in in a vehicle called the Beast. That's its actual name, the presidential limo. It's actually part Cadillac STS, part Cadillac Escalade, and part Cadillac Kodiak. It weighs almost 20,000 pounds. There's eight inches of armor all in the body. The glass is approximately five inches thick. It has electronic warfare capabilities. It is completely sealed off from a chemical attack. It is rollover resistant. It has all of these countermeasures in it. It can actually be driven without a driver in the driver's seat with a joystick. But you got to use the whole thing. It doesn't do any good parked in the garage. You need the whole car. And you do not want to do a drag race with it. It goes 0 to 60 in about 15 seconds. Some of you in here can run faster than that. But my point is, when the president gets in that limo, 
apart from a nuclear attack, he is safe. Why? Because he's got the whole armor around him. Prevents all kinds of things from getting to our president. It's the right type of defense. And notice the first piece here for us, and we'll get to this one today. We'll pick up the rest of the defense next week. The girdle of truth. Stand therefore, having girded your waist, notice with what? The truth. We as the body of Christ are to be bearers of the truth. We're to be instructors in the truth. In fact, Jesus himself said in one of his I am statements, those statements for which the Pharisees were going to stone him because they knew that that was the name that Moses was given when he talked to God, when he went to speak to Pharaoh, when he asked the simple question, well, what Moses says, well, who shall I say sent me? God says to him, you tell him, I am that I am sent you. The Hebrew people knew that I am was God. And so Jesus speaking that forth in those I am statements in John chapter 14, remember what it says in verse 6, I am the way and I am the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus Christ is fully truth. He doesn't just possess it. He is truth, all truth, 100% truth. He has no capacity to be anything other than truth in that sense. He isn't kind of like 94% truth, 2% kind of sort of maybe, and a little bit of lie. He is 100% truth. And as truth, because that's who he is, he is in direct contrast every word he ever spoke, everything your Bible declares, all that Jesus is is in direct contrast to your enemy, the devil, and his triad, which is your flesh and this world. The world is filled with liars. You want to see that? Politics. They, I, I, you know, there are wonderful men and women of God who are in politics, and I'm not meaning to shame every politician, but it seems as though one of the chief methodologies used is simply, well, just don't tell them the truth. That's of the devil. You know what? I can take most anything as long as you tell me the truth, but you lie to me, and I come unglued. Don't lie to me. Tell me the truth. Tell me we're broke. I'm okay with we're broke. But don't tell me, well, you're going to be fine. (laughs) You know, $19 trillion isn't that much. Spread it out over time. It'll only take three and a half billion years to pay it back. Don't lie to me. Tell me the truth. The Lord never lies to you. He will never, ever manipulate you. But your enemy will. Notice what John 8 says in verse 42, if you want to turn there. Jesus speaking to the disciples. And if God were your father, speaking, he's saying, look, now he's talking to the Pharisees in front of the disciples. He said, if God were your father, you'd love me. For I proceeded forth, came from God. Nor have I come from myself, but he who sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word, for you are of your father the devil. 
and the desires of your father you want to do. For he was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Brothers and sisters, as the body of Christ, we are to be people of truth, people of integrity, people of moral character, people who are willing to stand all the time in the truth of what God's Word says. That is our opinion. Very few things in the public square do greater damage to the reputation of the body of Christ and ultimately to our Lord than Christians who will not stand in the truth. We have to be people of truth, and that's everywhere. That's not when it's convenient. That is when any situation requires that you speak, you speak the truth. There's no such thing as a white lie. A white lie is simply a lie told nicely. It's still a lie. We speak the truth. We speak that truth in love, by the way, but we speak truth. You see, as Jesus speaks these things to us, as Paul reiterates where we are, that integrity that you have, when you have a clear conscience, isn't it wonderful how much integrity you have? When your conscience is devoid of having to remember a lie, you just speak it because it is. Amen? Now, I, I can tell you, one of the things you get to witness a lot of as a camp director is lying is an art form. Oh, we didn't light that on fire. It wasn't me. Well, you came running out and it was on fire. Well, it spontaneously combusted. We, we are born with the capacity to go one of two directions, either truth or the lie. And the same is true for all spiritual disciplines, by the way. The choice is yours. You get to make a choice as to what you'll do with it. And so the Apostle Paul saying here this first piece of the armor is that we would be girded with truth. And in this case, what he's talking about is actually very much like a large belt. And not only does this girdle of truth hold all the rest of the pieces together. It's the place where you stick the sword of truth. And so you can't hold the truth, God's Word, in the lie. You have to hold the truth in truth. Amen? Because those two things don't mix well. They are water and oil. Lies and truth are opposite ends of the spectrum. One of the things that bothers me about our culture is integrity is lost in our culture. It's like we lie when it's convenient. Well, I don't want to tell the truth. You might, I might have to suffer a consequence. The whole point of walking in the light is so you don't have consequences to be afraid of. We need to walk in the truth, family of God. We need to have people on this earth who name the name of Jesus who have impeccable character. What what if God's people all of a sudden rose to the top? You can say what you want about Dr. Ben Carson, whom I've met, by the way. But that man has impeccable character. We can... Talk about his doctrinal stances on some stuff, but he has impeccable character. He wants to glorify God. 
We need that type of person governing our nation if we're ever going to get past where we are right now. Someone who has character. Someone who will simply say, God said it, I believe it, that's what I'm doing. Oh, that we would take up that banner. Oh, that we would actually understand how important the truth is to us as Christians. Abraham Lincoln, shortly after the Gettysburg Address, he said, I so desire to conduct the affairs of this administration that if at the end when I come to lay down the reins of power I've lost every other friend on this earth, I shall have at least one friend left. And that is the friend inside of me. What a statement on the character that we ought to have as the body of Christ. Oswald Chambers is utmost for his highest. So Jesus Christ wasn't teaching ordinary integrity, but super normal integrity that carries with it the likeness of God the Father. Amen. That's how we are supposed to be. If we want to win battles against the enemy, we can't use the same tools that the enemy uses. We have to use God's tools. We have to be girded up with what should cover my life and cover your life. And when we do that, we're really relying on the Holy Spirit to work in us, to us, and through us. He is the one, John 16 says, that guides us in all truth. You can read that passage for yourself when you get home. There, John 16, verse 13, continues on down through verse 15. Basically, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit of God working in the life of the believer to make sure that we are guided in all truth. Truth should affect every area, every aspect of our lives. We, we can't just be partial bearers of the truth. And to that end, as the Holy Spirit works in your life, works in my life, for those of you who have ever been to a place like Carlsbad Caverns, if you don't have a tour guide, pretty easy to get lost in there, amen? That tour guide pulls out his flashlight and can tell you the name of all those formations inside that cave. And then eventually they'll flip on the, the entire set of lights that's in the, the grand room. And as you view all those things, you can look at every soda straw and every flowstone fountain. You can look at all of it. You can finally see it. But until you get there, you're reliant upon the tour guide to shine some light so that you know where you're going. The Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. The Holy Spirit's not going to tell you, well, you need to lie about that situation in your life. Don't tell the truth on that application. For, you know, when you're doing your taxes, you need to fudge. That is not the Holy Spirit telling you those things. That is the enemy. Because the enemy knows if he can get you to compromise your integrity, eventually it will cost you somewhere. You, you see, the Lord wants us to, to walk through those caverns of life with the tour guide, the Holy Spirit, saying, look, there it is. Reveal it to me, Lord. Show me those dark areas. Those hidden passages where I need to grow in this area of truth. 
And the Holy Spirit will do that for us, beloved. God's going to do that. He will work in your life by suggestion. He'll work in your life by correction. He'll, he'll work in your life by direction and illumination. He will work in your life if you ask. When you wrap yourself up in the truth of God and you simply say, Lord, transform me. Show me the direction I'm supposed to go. You see, you can do it God's way or you can do it your way. And unfortunately, your way is part of Satan's way. I know that bums people out when you say it that way, but you fight against the world, the flesh, and the devil. So your flesh, not guided by the Holy Spirit, is a tool the enemy can use against you. Let me show you how. Most of us in here want to be liked. I would say that's a fairly universal trait of humankind. Now, there's a few folks that want to live in Montana and, and have friends that are bears. I realize that. But most human beings want to be liked. Most people, if you play sports, don't stand on the sidelines and go, please don't pick me because I'm terrible. We, we want to be picked. We want to be chosen. We want to be liked. How many people compromise the integrity of their walk because they want to be liked? And so they make up stories about their character. I can tell you one of the things I deal with in marriage counseling is marriages that get started based on a lie. Sure, I have money. I have, well, I'm waiting for my inheritance. No, I, I really didn't have any other relationships before I met you, other than the other 50 people. You see, when you compromise your integrity, you open the door for the enemy. You open the door for the enemy when you compromise your integrity. So as people of the truth, having the truth revealed to us, you can see it so clearly in the life of David. And by the way, he was a man after God's own heart. So don't miss the real point here that our Redeemer is able to redeem to the utmost. Amen? Praise the Lord for it. But don't help the enemy. Do not help the enemy. Gird yourself with the truth. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for this first piece, Lord, of the defense. God, we need our lives covered with Your truth and with truth-telling. God, that we'd be people of great integrity, of great moral character. God, there'd be no open door for the enemy to use the things that we've said. Lord, that what comes out of our mouth is what is reflective of who's in our heart. It's you sitting on the throne of our lives, Jesus. Pray that you would bless us, Lord. Pray that you'd strengthen us. Give us great resolve to walk in the light as you were in the light, to be children of the truth because you were the truth. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. Pray that you'd bless us. Lord, send us out into this world bearing that torch of your character. We thank you. We praise you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.